0: Welcome back to another Re-Education Experience podcast. Today, I'm excited to bring on the very first two-time guest that I've had to date. So now, as you know, we're over 50 episodes now, and I'm charging forward just with another lineup of amazing people to get us to that 100, 100 mark for some reason, and probably well beyond. But sometimes before going to somebody new, what we got, we got to do is go deeper with somebody from the past. And this gentleman is exactly one of those people. Uh, He asked me the other day, well, what are we going to talk about? And with most guests, I just don't tell them, right? But with the quality of the guests on this show, they don't need any prep, because when we speak, we speak right to the heart of their expertise. Today's trouble will be, like him and I were chatting, to condense the knowledge into one bite-sized, one-hour show. And yes, that's a bite-sized hour, because um, him and I could go for hours and hours. So, Without further ado, I should invite our guest and announce him also. Today's guest is none other. than the man, the myth, the legend, Mike (laughs) Sherrard. So welcome to the show. Um, I'll let him say a quick hi, but then I'm going to give a little intro because there are a few of you that may not know who he is yet. So Mike, just
1: quick hi. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. This is, again, honored to be two time and and you and I have have built this journey together. So I think this is going to be um, deep, informative, informative, and informative, and just insanely valuable to those that stay tuned. Awesome.
0: Well, so if you don't know Mike, well, you've been under the rock and you've never been on Realt- on YouTube looking for anything to do with supporting growth in this modern world. But Mike is a licensed realtor. He's with eXp Realty. Not only that, he is the number one attractor in the firm. The firm has, if you don't know, about 90,000 agents. And he He has done more that than anybody in the history of the company, and not by just a little. I'm talking about direct people joining his crew by at least a factor of two to three and growing by the day. It's just, for those that know, you know, this is a feat that most will never achieve or don't even try to. (laughs) He does this, though, because he brings relentless value to that group. He now leads a global group. He calls it the Wolf Pack. You can see the logos on his stuff if you're watching this on YouTube or catching a clip on social because he pours his heart, soul, attention, time, strategies into them day in and day out. On top of that, he's created a company called High Converting Content to further help agents with their brand, their content creation, their distribution, the strategies and everything that you kind of need to pull off that modern realtor thing that he uh, teaches to. Now, more importantly, though, to me than all of those things, Mike's a personal friend of mine. Uh, I am one of his biggest fans, regardless of us being at different brokerages and firms and chosen different paths that are kind of paralleling each other in business. Uh, Because once upon a time when he was just a young engineer, he graced the presence of uh, my boutique brokerage, Redline Real Estate, when I was still running that in Calgary. So um, Mike has built like a very definable personal brand right from day one via, you know, a bunch of things which we'll talk about and, and I think this never-ending commitment to video. Um, as of today, I think just about 80,000 YouTube hyper-focused modern realtors subscribe to that channel. This isn't just airy-fairy subscribers that clicked a pretty picture of a house. This is real people following his brand who constantly just Lean in to his multiple content touches per week. So if you haven't subscribed, do yourself a favor and do that and you'll be treated to just ongoing cutting edge tactics and tricks to just grow your business. So, Mike, that's the intro you needed. Welcome to the show. What else did I miss before we deep dive and drop
1: some nuggets of knowledge? I think that's it. I think, you know, it's it's so powerful to see that you and I, again, have so many similarities from, you know, volleyball in, in high school and university to engineering to leaving the corporate world, working together on, you know, you and I have worked on some of the most incredible listings, multi-million dollar listings, some of the most expensive in our city's history together, and now we've been able to build audiences to impact you know, tens of thousands of agents together in as you alluded to, you know, parallel kind of avenues with our brokerages of choice. Um, and I just think it's it's incredible to see, you know, the similarities that we have, but also um some of the different niches and and they really work in harmony together. So I think this is just such a powerful dynamic and and I'm just blessed to to be here and, and to have you as a, a friend, a mentor and a brother. Thank you, man.
0: If you don't know Mike, I mean you, him and I have shared a lot of stuff over the years and if I were to give you a screenshot, of his calendar fitting into it is not easy, right? You know, relentlessly, why he has thousands and thousands of people that that he coaches in his courses, as well as support he supports at, in, in EXP and the Wolfpack is because he's just relentlessly committed from literally morning till you know, dark to dark, constantly and in between, even. Um, so the last time you and I had this, you were on episode 18, and this was already going back, if you imagine two years, April 19th, 2021, Um, that shows two things. I haven't been as committed to the podcast as I should, but also just, you know, it takes time to, you know, pull these things off and, and make it together. So where do we start with this, man? So much has changed since 2021. So I thought I'd say, well, okay, lots have changed. Your company's grown. My company's grown. We'll dive into that. You're super dialed in with YouTube. Mm -hmm. Tell me first, before we talk about what's changed, how about what hasn't, right? We've been doing this and we're two years from that point where you and I spent a lot of time talking social and video. What still hasn't changed in that world that we can kind of like pass along?
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's really funny because you already alluded to it, which is the power of consistency. You know, a lot of people look at what I've done, whether it be initially in production and now being able to lead, you know, agents around the world. um, And they look at what I've done, as you alluded to, in terms of being the number one personal attractor of the company. And they think that, you know, number one, they think that I came to this brokerage with like influence or a brand, or they think that I had this like magic sauce that allowed me to grow. But number one, when I came to the brokerage, I had 1,700 subscribers. And number two, I haven't done anything special over the last three years. All that I've done is be more consistent than the majority of the people out there. And I think... You know, as you start to look at the consistency aspect of putting out content, and if you're a driver and you're motivated and you want to, you know, always improve, I find people like you, myself, and the people that would obviously be listening to your channel are driven in nature. So you're always going to be your own harshest critic. And if you're consistent for an extended period of time, knowing that you're always going to critique yourself harder than anybody else, it's inevitable that you're going to improve over time. Just too many people give up before they start to hit the inflection point of being able to look at the data and take calculated decisions on what they need to do to improve. And I think that's been the number one thing um, that has not changed. I think the second thing, and this has genuinely been the biggest thing that has ever changed my business ever in paid ads, in organic video content, in attraction, in production, in everything that I've ever done, which is the concept of unattachment or being unbiased. And I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with. And what I'm talking to about here, it's one of my, you know, core principles is sure. I've put out nearly, you know, 500 videos. I've got almost 80,000 subscribers. I've put out thousands of videos. When you start looking at the short form and advertising and webinars and things like that. But I'm also, you know, humble enough to know that I'm not special. And when we start looking at content, you're trying to grow your audience, you're trying to get in front of new people. And if you're getting in front of new people, by definition, that means that they don't know who you are. So what I find is a lot a lot of people's crutches, if you will, is that they start to build a bit of momentum. They get their five or ten thousand subscribers. They get this feeling like, okay, I've got something, people know who I am. So I can start thinking, oh, if I put this video out, it everybody should love it. I know it's valuable. Everybody should love it. But People need to understand that you're not special, I'm not special, nobody is. People are looking for value, entertainment, and education, and they're not partial to who you are. So for me, when I talk about an attachment in terms of how I've been able to grow leveraging video, and this principle has stayed the same for the last three years, is you know, let's look at thumbnails, let's look at the video itself. Whenever I'm putting out a video before, if I'm putting out a video about you know Facebook ads for real estate agents. I'll do that search on YouTube. And then what I'll do is I'll take my thumbnail and I'll put it beside the top three that are currently ranking and say unbiasedly, if I did not know who I was, what I've achieved, how many videos I've put out or anything that I've done, would I genuinely click on my thumbnail versus the first, the second, and the third that are currently ranking? And in the Mm. beginning, what I found is, well, damn, I wouldn't click on mine. That first two, those first two are way better than mine. Well, if I wouldn't click on my own, being completely genuine and unbiased, how could I expect anybody else to click on my own? But then I go a step further. I've got over 490 videos on my YouTube channel right now. I rewatch 100% of my own videos before they go public. And I do that search and I say, "Okay, Facebook ads for real estate agents. I watch the first, second and third place videos and say, after watching mine, following theirs. Would I actually find my video more entertaining, more engaging, and more valuable than the top three ranking? And in the beginning, what I found is their videos were actually better edited, more entertaining, more clear, more concise, more value-driven than mine. Well, if I wouldn't even watch my own video to completion, how can I expect anybody else to do? And I think when you can start to take that unattached approach, it works for organic content on reels. If you put before I post a reel or a TikTok video, would I, if this landed on in front of me for the first time and I had no idea who you were, would I like it? Would I go so far as to comment on it because it was that engaging? Do you think I'd share it with somebody? And would I go so far as to click on your profile and follow you? And what you'll see is the majority of time, you wouldn't do that on your own content, but you're expecting other people to do it. So when you start being able to look at that unbiased, unattached approach to your video content, that is going to be relevant for the rest of history. And what it does is the essence of it allows you to put yourself in the consumer's shoes. And when you can start acting based on consumer behavior, well, now you would act the way that they would, meaning that you can control your content is going to perform because now I will not put out a piece of content that I know would not be more engaging or entertaining than the top three that are ranking. And that's why I start to rank. So I think that is the number one principle that I can give that most people don't think about. They think because they know their video is valuable. They know they're a top producer. They know they've done millions in sales. That everybody should just assume that the content is interesting. Hmm. But that's not always the case. When
0: did that start like when did you start going through that process was that just recently or was that like three years ago when you Mm -hmm. joined you know and you had the 1700 subscribers and you were you know because I think you you probably are still putting out one to two videos a week for like three four years is that
1: fair yeah yeah so I was I really started putting out content back in the, you know, honestly, the nicest office I've ever seen, the Redline office here in Calgary. And, uh, you know, in 2019 is when I started taking it seriously and said, you know what, I'm going to start putting out two to three videos a week. I used to go there on the weekend when nobody else was there. And I started putting out content, but I was putting out content to put out content, not by design and with intent. So my issue was, is I didn't learn to optimize. I didn't learn thumbnails. I didn't learn what I needed to do. So my trajectory for anybody that's listening to this can be shortened and condensed into achieving my success in half the time, if you actually learn to do what you should be doing from day one. Um, But 2019, 2020 is when I started taking it seriously. 2020 is obviously when I made a brokerage change. And that's when I started saying, well, maybe there's more to this. Maybe if I want to be, if I'm passionate about content, I think this is another important principle. Um, I've talked to this with some of my business partners lately, which is that if you want to kind of, in essence, be a primarily a content agent where you're reliant on putting out content to get your business, to build your brand, then you need to treat content as a full-time job. And what I found is that I was treating content as a hobby, I wasn't treating it as a full-time job. And when I started leaning into it and saying, hey, if I have the audacity to say that I want 100% of my business to come from content, well, I better treat content like I'm getting 100% of my business from it, meaning putting way more intent, way more effort, way more design and thought into methodically creating that content. So for me, it really happened in that 2020 phase, which is where I went from 1,700 subscribers to 20,000 that year, and then 20,000 to 50,000, and then this year should be 50 to 100,000. So um, that was the big shift for me. And it, it genuinely, it started earlier in that with paid ads. That's how I started crushing with Facebook ads, is taking that unbiased approach. Crushed it with that, did a lot of new home development sales because I use that same methodology. But then when I transferred it over to content, knowing how scalable content is, it's evergreen, it creates massive leverage, That's really when my business took off.
0: That makes sense. So, I mean, if you were to do it again, would you start with that methodical approach or would you just train agents or are you just training agents to just get content out for the sake of content? So they build that habit, kind of chicken and egg cart before horse, like which, which way do you coach now that you've, you you know, when we will talk about this, but you've helped a lot of people from the content strategy go and pull pure ROI off of it where a lot of people do it and have never pulled any of that, right? It just feels like wasted energy.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Ironically, somebody asked me this a couple of days ago. And you know, in order to take that calculated approach, you need data and you need to be able to look at what sticks. So for me, my piece of advice to people is always at least two videos a week, every single week is the cadence you should commit to at a minimum. I also don't recommend going more than that in the beginning because you're going to burn out if you haven't found a streamlined way to automate this um, and you're going to burn out in, in in that journey. So two videos a week for the first three months. After you've been able to put out content, two videos a week, every week for three months, now you've got the data to go into the analytics and and be able to look and say, okay, here's the videos that are hitting. Here's the ones that are not. Now I've found my niche. Okay, well, now that we've found the direction that we want to take our content in, if you're in production, sometimes it's property tours, sometimes it's relocation, sometimes it's community tours, sometimes it's market updates, right? So there's always going to be something that just based on your personality and deliver that connects more with a specific audience. Once you find that, you double down and you lean into it. Well, once you've been able to lean into it now you start to take that unbiased approach to say now i'm going with intent and design with what i know my audience cares about in order to take calculated improvements
0: that makes a ton of sense and the scary thing again you and i've been around coaching agents for a long time two videos a week three months most people are done like yeah. they don't don't even get there right and they just they just don't spend the energy to get that many out and the time, money, strategy, you know, it's just too much for some people. But for those that do, you're seeing the results happen. With that is, you know, you mentioned property tours, you know, content local. Among all of this, there's a couple of paths to go. And you said, find your voice, find your passion, find the play that, you you know, you, you comes across well. Is there like one set of themes or styles that tends to work better? Or is it really just about more about the person in the
1: fit? Yeah, I think it's it's more about the person in the fit because, you know, there's, there's all these unicorn situations, right? There's agents in my, our market that absolutely crush it with property tours. Well, also, when you look at their background, they've got a background in performing. Okay, well, that makes sense being in front of the camera, being able to showcase properties in a different lens in a more entertaining way. That's fantastic. You look at, you know, Suman in my group that did two and a half mil GCI in his second year from video. Well, yes, people look at the fact that he's just doing kind of these like POV iPhone property tours. Well, what they're not also seeing is the unicorn situation of being in Austin, the number one market in the States, everybody moving from California, mass new development. So it's a unique approach being an early adopter with the unicorn market situation. So that, you know, not everybody can emulate that in their market. I think some of the content that is more generic and proven to work across a broader range of people is going to be the relocation content um, Mm -hmm. for people like buyers looking to move to your market. Because essentially, it's like I refer to it as like the FSBOs and expired listings of YouTube. It's the lowest hanging fruit of people looking to move to your market center. It's the most data-driven content and it's proven to work in every single market center. And then one that takes, it's a little bit more logistical heavy, but I love it, which is the community tours, because the thing is, is with property tours, it's a great way to build your brand. It's an incredible way to showcase your quality of content, as well as your understanding of properties. Properties change in price every single year. Well, Market updates change every single year. Communities are not going anywhere forever. So, when you look right. at the evergreen nature of it and the leverage, if you want to start on YouTube, I always recommend starting with community tours and relocation content, right? And then, as you start to develop your skill set to deliver, get more on camera, add in the property tours. Market updates right now are crushing it. You've been crushing it, and you've been kind of the poster child of this forever. But you know, now that the market's shifting and there's all these fear tactics and headlines and things are going crazy, the market updates are performing now better than they ever have because it gives you ability to control the narrative and demonstrate your knowledge and understanding in the market center. So that's a new one that we're seeing. You know, We did a poll in a group of how people are getting the majority of their clients from YouTube, and a third of people are now getting it from market reports where previously, like 10% were so now this is an exciting time to be able to lean into your knowledge and be able to cater that message to buyers and sellers
0: I mean and I see the combo of that too so if you're in a market like you mm-hmm. talked about your your agent there and now we know in our local market there's a lot of people moving here so content the relocation content um, coupled with the market intelligence and controlling the narrative against the headlines with the headlines around the headlines that one-two punch it seems mm-hmm.
1: like it would be incredibly opportunistic, right? Um, it's massive, and and again, you're, you know, it's it almost like serves it up on a silver platter for you because when you look at all the headlines that are happening on different news outlets and things like that, like they are giving you the fear tactics to use in your thumbnail and in your title, and then based on your research of the market center. It allows you to create the narrative that is going to be actually valuable and paint the picture of reality to your clients so they give you the formula you just have to go out and create it and i think that's you know the incredible opportunity and it goes back to again agents saying well i don't know what videos to record i'm like well dude how many communities are there in your market 170 great you've got 170 videos to record going to go record that's going to take you the next four years oh how many months in a year 12 great well, that's 12 market reports every single year, right? So when you start looking at being able to simplify the content ideation process, you already know what you need to go do. Just get out there and go do it.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. And again, it's that, it's that doing it and, and, and willing to commit through that, again, without expecting results as well, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to And in our case, a lot of times you're shelling out money when it comes to video some people are doing, like you said, on their phone and stuff, but you know, oftentimes they're they're going a step further hiring
1: somebody and, and budgets can be tight, right? Yeah. Well, I you think, think it's some, also, go ahead. you know, I, I just want to add this, which is, you know, looking at Suman's at journey or, or anybody that, you know, you and I both know that are kind of like the poster childs of YouTube in, in real estate is sure he did 87 deals, $67 million in production in his first year as a new agent from his iPhone on video when you look and i've got a couple of videos on my channel breaking this down but when you look at the graph of his first year in real estate on youtube you look at his analytics for his first year he put out his first video december 20th of 2020 and he did not build any momentum on his channel whatsoever until july of 2021. six months of no transactions no momentum putting out content consistently. And then in the sixth month, one of his property tours hit, which led to new property tours, new development opportunities, new partnerships. Those 87 deals came in the second six months, where a lot of agents get overwhelmed is they say, okay, 87 deals in one year, that must be equally spread over 12 months. You put out one video and you're doing a few this month and a few next month. But it's kind of like that meme that everybody's seen of like that person digging for the diamond and they turn away right before they hit the diamond. Like if he gave up in month five, that's over a million GCI in his first year that he would have left on the table because he was this close and didn't follow through. So I think another one of my core principles is following a proven process because if somebody else, if one man or woman can do it, so can another man or woman. So if somebody has been able to succeed with some medium of prospecting content, whatever, and you follow that blueprint, if you extend the horizon for long enough in terms of when you're expecting tangible results, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. The issue is this instant gratification perspective where people are saying, well, he got it in three months, he got it in one month, she got it in two months. If I can't do it within that time frame, then it's not for me, and they jump ship. And mm-hmm. I think it's that commitment, that unwavering commitment to a process that's already been proven Don't reinvent the wheel. Just look at whatever people have already done and be able to put your own spin on it.
0: I mean, I can give you a personal example on this because you audited my channel years ago because we had been putting out content for the sake of content at Redline and didn't optimize nothing. You gave us some tweaks. You gave us an audit. We started doing it. Traction started to build. And we still rank well, but we're not putting that continued attention to maximizing what you said, the narrative the thumbnails, we're almost been just on autopilot. And I'm seeing others with way less quality content message Mm -hmm. nowhere near as good ranking higher than us and the production quality will never match what I'm putting out. But it doesn't need to it's beating me. It's beating me because it's it's following that I've been lazy with it. And you're seeing anybody with a camera and a webcam willing to share their screen and talk about stuff and chase this like silver platter relocation combo with you know market narrative, and and they're winning. They're winning. Yeah, and uh, it pisses me off.
1: Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent.
0: Now, so I asked you, like, again, that was like what hasn't changed, but with YouTube specifically, in the last couple of years, have you seen like, I'd like to unpack maybe some of the tactical stuff or the things for those that are listening to do this, like what has changed in in the YouTube realm that you've had to like adjust for, and you're coaching people through that we can kind of share today around it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think what has changed has been the saturation aspect of it. And, you know, probably to my own fault, I've probably created 90% of my own com- uh, competition, but I'm out here preaching on stage and on webinars that hundreds of thousands of agents are watching every year to start getting, you know, get your butt on YouTube, start putting out some content, right? I'll give you the exact videos for free, go put them out. And because we're shouting, you know, me and many others are shouting this from the mountaintop, you're now having more competition. So as you know, again, somehow perfectly segued into it about the one of the issues is being consistent. One of the you know things that is new is, as you alluded to, you're having people with way less experience, way less knowledge, way less camera power and quality out here outperforming people that are veterans in the YouTube space, because it's kind of like, you know the agent not willing to adapt. You see agents that are reliant on one medium of lead generation or prospecting and they did that back in the 90s or early 2000s and saying, "Well, I'm never going to change that." Well, when the market starts kicking you in the face and you need to change, if you're not willing to change, you're going to fall behind, right? Because you always need to be learning and ahead of the curve. And I think that's it's it's a change that's beautiful in essence because it gives people a new opportunity because we have very new agents coming on here and thriving within the platform, because they might not have the most knowledge, but they have a personality. And I think that is probably the biggest change. And it's honestly been one of the biggest things that's changed my content. If you go back and look at my first YouTube videos, kind of heard this quote where it's like, you're four times less energetic on camera than you are in person. So if you go back and look at my first videos, I'm like, overly energetic, trying to compensate for what I thought would be my more introverted self in the beginning. And then what you started realizing is people are now looking for that more authentic content, that more relatable, that more genuine, um, kind of intimate setting, if you will, when it comes to content. So when I started dialing it back and just talking as you and I would jam out of the coffee shop, that's when my engagement skyrocketed because people felt like they actually had an opportunity to get to know the real me. And I think the more genuine you could be, the more relatable that you're able to come across on camera, that's really what's gonna allow you to skyrocket your results in terms of the conversion rate. Now, because there's also so much saturation now coming to YouTube, it's still widely untapped, right? You might have five agents in a market at best that are leveraging it, most of them not even properly. But I think what we start looking at this It really gives you an opportunity to separate yourself based on the creativity side of things and and being able to be more playful with it, be more open. I think back back years ago, it was more of a formality issue. But now when you start seeing platforms like TikTok and Reels and people being more casual and playful and fun and quirky – that coming through on YouTube is really allowing people to engage on a deeper level. And I think that's been a a massive change that has really allowed people to thrive in this space. And then again, again, it's that whole idea of finding your
0: tribe, right? Like, I mean, the people you want to work with are the people that like get you understand the way you are. and You're not this robot out there that's like, you know, attempted to be quote unquote, realtor and look like and look and feel. But like, you can you know like you I mean you brought on some agents in your crew that are just fully tattooed completely outside of the typical realtor thing in the 80s and where you find your tribe and that's the people you want
1: watching you and and, and like you really don't need that 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 other side of the coin is that fair it's it's 100 percent fair and, and i also think it's also looking at the content that people are are putting out has been changing and i've seen this within my own organization as well so you know the. One of the things that I kind of identified as a problem with, with a lot of agents and the content that they're putting out is that, you know, justifiably so, they're putting out content for the 1% of people that are interested in buying or selling today, right? Which are is very small in a market center. Nice. So they're putting out all the videos that are tailored toward re- people interested in the market. What about the 99%? Right. So, this is like, you know, over the last two years, you could get away with that because the market was, you know, a gravy train. It was hotter than anything. So, if people were interested in buying or selling, pretty safe to say they were going to do it within the next, like, foreseeable future relatively quickly. Well, now that the market's shifting, it goes back to what you were always a master at, which is that retention, repeat, follow up, and being able to stay in touch because now it's the long game. Now, as people are looking at interest rates, saying, I don't want to buy or sell today. I might do it in 8, 12, 16, 24 months. Well, now this is a game of the long term. So what you start seeing now is, yes, putting out those pillar pieces of content across all medium, short form, and long form is still, you know, the bread and butter. But the agents that are starting to introduce what I refer to as local shareable content are the ones that are winning. Because local shareable content is going to be what you did back in the day, which is like, You know, top five restaurants in Calgary or showcasing some of the tourist attractions, going to Banff and showcasing Banff or talking about, you know, the top five speakeasy bars you didn't know about in Calgary. And if you were not in in the market to buy or sell, and the top five speakeasy bars came across me and I've never seen it, it's basically like ripping off Herba Calgary or Daily Hive or any of these Instagram channels. Well, when you, I'd share that with my mom, I'd share it with my sister, my girlfriend, my friends, and be like, hey, dude, I haven't heard about this, we should go. Well, that all stems back to a Realtors YouTube channel or their Instagram. So when you can start to build up this pipeline of later business, people that might move in 12, 24 months It's not about getting them to buy today. It's about making sure that when they do buy or sell, you are the one that's the top of mind. So when you could start to introduce some of this content that has a bit more of a delayed gratification essence to it for that 99% of people that aren't in the market right now, when you blend those two together, you're building a digital virtual pipeline for the future. And I think that's the stuff that starts to allow you to scale your brand, scale your audience and dominate on a local level. 100%
0: I 100% agree. Like, we're uh, as we're sitting here today, it's going to be day two of what uh, Sharon's put it on as our called Real X. And he spoke yesterday and he said, You basically have now clients, which is like just a small amount, and then you have not now. And that's like yeah. literally everybody. <laughs> so he, you know, him, he's all about simplification now or not now. And like what Mike's sharing here is this later business that shareable content hit more people who aren't in consideration to buy or sell and be okay with that, knowing that that is part of the strategy, not just, uh, well, they're not looking to buy or sell. So I'm not thinking about them. You should be thinking about them and over indexing on that growth, right? More people that know you come back to you for the not now business. And just, you said, build that virtual pipeline. I love it. I mean, that's uh, it's such a great message. I wanted to rip off some of the things that you have uh, done topics on recently, right? I could go down your 490 some videos and we could go on to this for days, but I thought I'd, there was a few things that hit as I was just getting prepared for this with you that I thought I'm like, Hey, why don't I just, you know, get Mike's like two, three minute take on this video he put out. You up for that? Oh yeah, of course. All right. One of them was this, it was, it caught me and you talk about headlines and re-listening to see what I even click on this. I'm like, I would click on this and it was Strategy you claim to have ten xed your lead conver- conversion, and can you tell me that? Like that's a, that's a big claim, of course, right? And we know the Grant Cardone ten x, but I know there's some meat behind that. Tell me what 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 that is, and if we can hit on and riff on that for a few minutes.
1: Yeah, it's the exact principle we talked about earlier, which is the the principle of unattachment and unbiased. So you know when when we start looking at lead conversion. That's the approach that I took. So for anybody that doesn't know, like back in 2018, what I did is I had a $40 ad spend for two days to $20 a day. And I closed eight deals, which led me $40,000 in commission. So 40 dollars in commission for a $40 ad spend. And what I did is I started looking at my ads and saying, okay, I'm putting out the same ads as every other agent. This is not that valuable because if I remove my realtor hat and say, if this ad landed in front of me, I asked myself, like, would I click on it? And what I go so far as to put in the correct information, knowing somebody's going to be reaching out to me because the value behind that gateway is so important to me that I'm willing to get contacted. And I started looking at all my ads that were actually doing well, but saying, hey, no, I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't click on this. There's some people that would, but that's why the quality is so low. They're clicking, but not giving the right information. So when I started looking at that, I said, okay, well, what if I'm the gatekeeper of information? And I started looking at that new community, Seton and Calgary down in the south and saying, well, all these new developments are coming. Nobody really knows anything about it. What if I go contact some of the builders there and say, hey, I will gladly use my own money. I'll spend my own money on my own ads. All I'm looking for is the first opportunity to be able to drive buyers to your new development. And I was the first person, meaning that, hey, everybody's curious about this community. Nobody has information on it. I'm the first to run a Facebook ad with it. I'm the gatekeeper of information that everybody wants to know. And my lead conversion way more than 10 X when I started doing it that way. And that's when I started building up a consistent pipeline, which then goes back to the same application for organic content.
0: I love that gateway and gatekeeper. And it comes back to someone you and I, you introduced me to Alex from Ozy, where he just talks mm-hmm. about an offer so good, you can't refuse it. And it's like, Us as realtors, we are pestering people all the time, (laughs) whether it's door knocking like you and I have done, even open houses and trying to convert you online and trying to hit you with ads. But your statement of knowing the value is so good behind the gateway that you're forcing people to click on and they know they're going to be pestered. They know you're going to call them. They know that you're on an email list. There's so many resistant points from the consumer and albeit very worth, like worthy ones. Like I would want to resist that. And knowing that your, your offer is so good. That's like, well, fuck, I'm going to do it anyways. Right. I'm going to give Mike my info and I know that he's going to hit me because I want that. And Mm -hmm. most agents miss that. Right. They miss that completely. Right.
1: Yeah. And I I think that's just what comes down to, again, that unique value proposition is what can you do that others aren't willing to do? And, And I got a comment on that video well, Mike, what if I don't have, you had a a unique opportunity. What if I don't have that? And my response to their comment was, go put the work in like I did to create the partnerships that give you that unique opportunity, right? There's going to be people that listen and say, well, I don't have an opportunity that gives me this exclusive. Well, neither did I until I started cold calling every single builder in the market center that I knew would be building there, meeting for them with coffee, explaining what I could do to help them. And then I had one that said yes. So it does take time. It's If it was that easy, everybody would be printing money with online leads. It's not for a reason. But if you could put in that little bit of effort and crack that code, it will change your production forever.
0: 100%. And you and I know it's really easy for agents to look onward to somebody with success and say, oh, they had that little like amazing, lucky opportunity. It's like, no way, man. These agents everywhere. Ninety-nine out of a hundred of them made that happen. Mm -hmm. One out of the hundred hit the lucky nail in the head. Somebody just picked them up. It's like, it's like that talent agency. It's like most people get there because of the work behind the scenes. And if only agents could just like know that and filter their decisions to say, well, I got to make that happen too, because the luck's not coming your way, right? Like it's it's this is not a free career to be a part
1: of, right? Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Now. Everywhere. Everybody's talking AI, chat, GTPT, all this stuff right now. You put out a video and there's so much stuff out there. It's almost overwhelming that I'm almost, you know, half the time don't even want to consider it because there's just, and it's evolving so fast. And you talked about chat, GPT, and there's a lot of content that we just like, is there anything that you're seeing and you're in the modern world that you're like, okay, agents should think about this rather than just get distracted and go down the frickin rabbit hole with it and distract them from what's actually important anything that, that comes to mind as you as, as we speak to that
1: right now 100 uh, i'm a huge advocate of knowing enough to be dangerous and you know it's it's my principle like i know how to design funnels but i don't design funnels i know how to edit videos because i did it for myself i don't edit my own videos i know how to use chat gpt but i use it very intentionally for things that I know I'm gonna need. But what the biggest thing with AI, and I'm actually gonna put out another video about this, is that if you're not careful, it will destroy your business. And what I mean by this is that all agents say they get into real estate because they love building relationships. They love working with people. They love helping people. It's all relationship-based. Well, when you start just copying and pasting what a bot puts out, AI, no matter how good it is, that removes your unique personality from the equation, which is the only way to establish a relationship. So a lot of people are are looking at AI and saying, well, wow, I can create a full blog article in seconds. Well, yes, but so can the other thousand agents that are gonna have the same blog article as you with no difference in tonality, no uniqueness in, in personality, right? It's like, why is video so powerful? Because if I meet Darren in person and I've watched his content, he's exactly how he is in person as he's on his content. Like You have that trust factor there. But if you read an article and there's no playfulness, there's no quirks, there's no essence of uniqueness to it, well, you're going to feel like you're reading a robot. And how are you going to get to know that person in person? And what are they going to be like? Is there a disconnect there? And I think for me, I'm looking at AI in terms of, 90% leverage. How can I save time to get me 90% of the way there for writing copy, for video ideas? There's now Thumbly, which is gonna design thumbnails for you and video editing, which is now being able to get you 90% of the way there. The ones that win are the ones that are still willing to go through the inefficient, which is exceptionally valuable, process of putting their 10% on it. And once you can put your 10% spin, putting your true personality on it, making adjustments based on what you know you are all about, that's when you're gonna start to see people winning with the AI. But as you already alluded to, the average agent is is lazy, complacent, full of excuses. So what they're doing is saying, hey, this gets me 100% of the way there, I'm good. And what happens is that's going to start to tarnish your ability to connect to people virtually. And based on virtual being the future of the business, you're going to start leaving a lot of opportunity on the table because people are going to see you as one of many instead of you as one of one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point that 90% of the way they're leverage. Leverage is always key for us to scale, to enjoy life, to manage this incredible business opportunity we all have. But I love just like leaning into the The inefficiency of that 10% is the secret sauce. It's probably why you got that last listing. It's why you competed against. And you and I, you guys know, we use the term stack the cool at a listing presentation. You and I have killed other agents on a listing presentation in one line because we basically sum up everything that they'll do and just say, of course, I'll do that, right? Mm -hmm. Like there is there is just a minor difference between most of us when you're competing. Um, And it's like, you need that 10%. You need that you, right? I love it um mindset for you i've watched your journey i've been a part of it and I'm just so honored to see it um you've leaned into support right you've gone deeper and you've hired coaches and people don't know this about the the extremely um like the top of the field about how much energy and money and time they dedicate to growing oneself can you share that a little bit, you know, about kind of like what you've been doing and, and how that's impacted your business? Because, again, they may not see that behind the Lamborghinis you've got and the, you know, the Rolexes and all this. This Again, you're, you're a flashy dude, right? You know that. You love or hate it, haters against it. But yeah. behind that, there's just this mountain of work that you've done on yourself. Can you comment on that?
1: Yeah, like you kind of touched on it at the very beginning as well, which is, you know, even though, it, especially in my RevShare organization, I, I, of course, make more than anybody else by a significant margin, I am still working from 4am till 10pm, seven days a week, every, and I don't have to, I could, I could step away, I've got a million dollar residual, and I outwork every single person. And one of the principles is I like to lead, um, you know, lead with intent, but I also like to lead by example. And I want people to know, like, hey, You know, I, if I can do this still and I don't have to, you can do this. And when it goes to coaching, this has changed my business forever. And I think when, when you start looking at, you know, a quote that's very near and dear to my heart is that your income is a direct reflection of the person or entrepreneur that you've become. So, for example, I, I actually recorded the video about this last week. I haven't put it out yet, but it's looking at my business in stages. So, you know, from zero to making your six figures, you can essentially, Bulldoze your way to six figures just by doing the things you know you need to do. Right. And that just comes from discipline and consistency. Well, if you're not making six figures yet, the only reason why is because you have not become disciplined or consistent. That is a limitation on you. Well, when you look at six figures to multiple six figures, what does that look like? That looks like repeat referral, which comes down to leverage. So now you start needing to create leverage within your business to start to build scalability. Well, I needed to learn CRM, nurturing, database, repeat, referral opportunities. I you know, had to get to the next phase. Well, what allowed me to go from six figures to multiple seven figures? That was hiring staff, new offers, and being able to have a bigger global opportunity instead of a local opportunity. I had not become the type of person yet that was able to lead people, train people, because I was a solopreneur. Well, now, when we look at my journey of going from multiple seven to eight figures a year, the reason why I'm hiring all these people, which we'll get to, is I've never been there, so I don't know what it's like, but I have not yet become an eight-figure entrepreneur. So I cannot have the audacity to say that I should be making it, because here's the one thing that most people don't understand. You do not get paid for your time, you get paid for the value you bring to the market center. You could work 12 hours a day, seven days a week for the next 10 years and still be broke for the rest of your life. If you are not bringing value to the market center, right? I know some people, four hour work week, they literally work four hours a day, four hours a week, but they're making multiple figures because of the value they brought to the marketplace. I have not created the leverage within my systems and processes to scale to that level. So I hire coaches and mentors to be able to put those pieces together at the different phases of where I know I have limitations, right? It's You brought up Alex Ramosi. He says, um, you're not making as much money as you think you should because you're not as good as you think you are. And right. it's very much the truth. A lot of people don't have the humility to say, well, well shoot, I'm not that good yet. I, I've got room to improve. And for me to go from, you know, within reason zero to low six figures, I had RT syndicate. So Andy Frazella and my lead, I was learning the mindset because the number one reason why realtors fail is not because they don't have the skill set, the ability, the training to every realtor under the sun knows what they need to do to break six figures. I've never met one that doesn't client yeah. acquisition. You prospect, you network, you have content, you learn you lead gen. That's it. Right. It's very simple. But yeah, you don't need systems, you don't need
0: process, you don't need brand, you just need effort, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's very very simple. They're overcomplicated. They're looking for the shiny penny. Um but I needed the mindset because as a corporate uh, real, you know <laughs> employee, I didn't have it. So, arate. Okay. Well, when I started going to that next phase, I had to build my personal brand. Gerard Adams came into the picture. Okay, well now that I built my personal brand amplified it globally, I needed to leverage more YouTube and things like that, I brought in Vanessa Lau. Okay, well now that I'm at this phase where I wanna go to eight figures, that is all based on customer journey. So I brought in George Bryant, who's the number one customer journey specialist in the world. But a lot of people don't understand the reinvestment. Like when I had $15,000 in my name, I spent 5,000 of it on Arte. When, you know, exactly, right? And and now like I'm paying George $200,000 this year to help me with customer journey. But I go in with the mindset of investment versus expense. All too many people see money going out as an expense. But if every time I do something, I go with the mindset, hey, I'll gladly pay George 200K because I know that's going to make me 20 million in the next five years easily. So it's that framing of perspective that I think people need to change. And this goes back to coaching. You know, Darren, I think this is Probably the principle that has changed my business the most, paired with unattachment, which is the concept of one more. And ironically, you know, Ed's put out his book and he talks about this, which yeah. is funny because this is a principle that has been near and dear to me far before he's sort of you know, preaching it to the world. But there's two different applications that this applies, ironically, in two different ways than he talks about in his book. So the first aspect of it is focusing on one thing. One thing until completion, right? So he talks about one more, mine is one thing. But for example, I got my daily power list and I focus on one task until I complete that task. So many people have five things on their power list and they'll say, I'm going to do 25% of this. Oh, I don't want to do it anymore. I go to the next one and then the next one and the next one. And people wonder why they feel overwhelmed. It's because you're chasing so many things. I don't stop a task until that one thing is done. But also YouTube. I didn't add in TikTok or Reels until that one thing, which was YouTube, was dialed in. And then I add. So that's one important part of it. But the second thing is the concept that applies to coaching. So many people hire coaches, read books, watch YouTube videos, go to seminars, pay for webinars. And what they do is they look for that that learning experience to change the course of their business forever by essentially doing the work for them the mentality i've had toward coaching or any sort of learning environment that i put myself in is how can i just learn one thing from this that if i apply it it will change my business forever I have literally paid George $200,000 this year. There's actually one thing related to customer journey that I learned that have already made over $200,000 by applying and the year's a, quarter, a third of the way done. One thing was what I was looking for. One yeah. thing every single time when you go to a you know real X event, when you go to a real event, don't look for that event to come back and build out your business plan for you look for one thing that one person said that connected with you that said hey if i latch on to this consistently relentlessly that one thing will change my business and with coaching that's always the mentality they've taken is how can i just extract one thing but the final thing i'll say about coaching is external A lot of people are looking at coaches, rightfully so, that are internal to the real estate industry. I think what's given me a leg up in my content and my business is that I pull in coaches that are external to the industry. Because when I'm learning from people that are not in the realm of this ecosystem, when I apply it to real estate, now it becomes innovative. Now it becomes different. Now it's thinking from a different lens that the average agent has everybody knows what tom ferry's going to say or or any of these other coaches so you're one of the same just presenting it differently but when you pull something external now you've got this secret sauce that nobody else is looking into
0: i mean it's uh you impacted a lot there that we could just go super deep on um you're you're so right and i jokingly say things when i'm running a webinar a workshop a sales strategy session and i'll just say guys With this one thing, I should just stop today, let you go home and let you work on it. And then I joke it off because most people aren't hearing that the way they should. But in reality, it's like, I should just fucking shut my mouth, let them go And let them chug on this for a while and just know, like block that off and finish the bridge, right? Like I always say, there's these unfinished bridges everywhere, these overhangs, and they're everywhere in your business. It's almost like if you looked on your Google tabs and you see how many are open, you're like, oh my goodness. And uh, if you just finished it, I know personally in my own, I used to do that. My calendar, I've been calendared hard for years, like ever since 2014, and then I would move a little thing forward an inch and then another thing, an inch, and then another thing, an inch. And then a year goes by and you're like, why did I not complete as much as I should have? Yeah. And even with discipline, you just can't get done
1: enough that way. Um, yeah. I love that. Well, I think it's, it's uh, again, going down to learning how to say no, right? Like I now have six, seven figure on, uh, opportunities coming to me on a monthly basis I, like I know what's on my plan for the rest of 2023, the new offers, I'm creating the new plans and content and this and that. I am not doing any initiative with anybody else for the rest of 2023 because I know what my plan is and I'm going to work toward that. And if you want to do something and we want to collaborate on something cool, well, wonderful. I've got a pipeline for 2024, but this year is dialed in. I'm working to the plan. That's it, that's all. And I think, again, like, you know, I'll go on record and say that your program, the re-education program, is the most valuable real estate program I've literally ever seen in my life. And when you break down the concept of focusing on one thing at a time, whether it be the seed initiative or anything else like that, about being able to basically farm and dominate an area, if you focus on one area and dominate that area, you will be a top producer, But they're trying to be everything to every market, right? So I think when people start to focus on this one thing initiative, it it literally gives you that clarity, that focus, the alleviation of chasing the shiny penny in the next trend and say, if I dial in the basics with this one thing, that is going to yield exceptional results. Because what you'll see in real estate is I know, and so do you, you know, agents that have seven figure businesses from cold calling, from door knocking, from video, from mailers, from events, it does not matter. But each one of them has become the master of the market with that one thing or that one niche. And a lot of people are saying, I'm going to chase it all instead of just being the best at one. How does, like, how do we get more people to do that?
0: Like, I mean, I I mean, you know, you can take a horse to water and you do this, you've got these thousands of people in your courses. And we know how many courses don't even go opened and don't even go finished, just like a YouTube video or a reel doesn't even get finished past 10 seconds. Like, how, how can we get people to do more? I mean, it's a struggle. Every time I'm coming up with a new offer, new the strategy, it's with the goal to say, all I want you to do is execute. Right. Like, again, there's mindset, there's a whole industry, there's everybody out there that you and I know that we follow, and they're trying to get people into action. And this stuff isn't hard, right? It's just, it's just hard to do it for a long time. And
1: I don't know the answer, man. Like, do you have any takes on that? We do it once a year within our group. I I implore anybody at a brokerage, whether you're at a traditional brokerage and you run a team or you're at a modern brokerage and you have a revenue share organization of some sort, we do this every year within our group. And what we do is the first week, so we have a daily mastermind call, but one week is all about production, which is Tuesday. And on one of the Tuesday calls, we will talk to people about how to create a proper vision board. And what we do is we make sure that people are putting things on that vision board that are associated with something external to themselves. Most people, that is family. On the next week, we get them to create and share their vision board openly in front of 200 plus agents on the call and say, this is what I'm working toward. And what do you see? You always see people looking at more time freedom with trips, more time with their family, that emotional connection. And then what we get to do on the third and final week is we say, number one, physically print this out, leave it on your desk. Digitally take a screenshot, make it your phone background and your desktop background, but more importantly, create one big goal for the year that is external to you and share it with somebody that you would never want to disappoint. So for example, me last year, I wanted to take my family on a full ride trip to Hawaii, first class, to the nines, decked out in every way, shape, or form, because they never thought they'd be back there since my parents' honeymoon 30 years ago. Well, when I told my parents in March that I'm taking them to Hawaii for Christmas on the most incredible trip they could ever dream of, on every single like, I don't want to record content. I don't want to talk to another agent. Like there's days where that goes through your mind where you're just burnt out. But when I know that if I don't do these calls, if I don't create this content, I'm going to disappoint my freaking parents and my sister. Mm -hmm. You better believe I mustered up the confidence to get back on the saddle and start putting it out there. The issue is, is that most entrepreneurs are so used to disappointing themselves because every time they say they're gonna do something, they don't do it that the repercussions are irrelevant. They're negligent. It doesn't happen. There is no repercussions. You say you're going to do video next Monday. Guess what you're not doing? Video next Monday. You're going to go meet with some freaking lender and talk about bullshit over coffee, right? But if you don't do the things you know you need to do, and now you're disappointing your spouse, your kids, your significant other, somebody that you shared what you're going to do with for them, if you achieve those goals you better believe that external motivation is gonna kick in when you don't feel like doing it, right? So tell your kids, you're gonna take them to Disney for Christmas if mommy or daddy hits 250K in GCI this year. Oh, you don't wanna disappoint your kids and not let them see Mickey Mouse, right? So you're gonna make those calls. You're gonna record those videos. You're going to be disciplined because now you are disappointing somebody other than yourself that will break your heart if you disappoint them. So that initiative of going to the emotional level, right? Everybody hears the mindset. Everybody can go watch a Tony Robbins video or something like that. But when you bring it to an emotional level, that's when people start to execute differently because now it hurts, right? And that's what we do every single year to kickstart everybody back into the momentum of what they know they need to do this year.
0: And that is freaking scary for people, right? When you think about that and uh, your, your statement of, Dis- either sh- you're we're so used to disappointing ourselves all the time that we just get freaking used to it right we're so used to it so we just let it happen i didn't prospect i didn't shoot the video i didn't go door knock when i should i didn't go to capitalize on that sale i didn't i didn't i didn't i didn't disappointing others and then publicly sharing it i mean if that doesn't get you moving then this business ain't for you right go get a salary job somewhere else and that might be fine it's just it just means this ain't for you right
1: yeah yeah, well, like, f- go look at my Instagram from 2017 when I'm posting a picture of a purple Lamborghini saying one day I'm going to get this. Yeah. Can you imagine how, how many more trolls I would have if I didn't actually get it? You know what I mean? But okay. but I think it's it's, again... You know, the one of my eight core principles, we've talked about a number of them on this call about one thing and unattachment, and on but one of them is self-integrity, right? And the only way to build self-integrity with yourself is to follow through with the commitments and promises you make to yourself. And this is how what I get on what's referred to as like a winning streak. A lot of people will say things like, Mike, you know, every time you do something, you, you know, every time you touch, it turns to gold. Every time you do something, it works out. Well, the reason being is because as you start fulfilling the small commitments you make to yourself and you stack those wins those mini wins of fulfilling those promises you get what i refer to as is on a winning streak and when you're on a winning streak you start to get this confidence that when you say you're going to do something it actually does get done which allows you to take on more calculated risk bigger risk make bigger decisions and therefore bigger moves with bigger returns and again it's small Start, if you're broken in momentum, if you feel like you're down and out right now, which many agents are, and I understand that, start building momentum in one area of life. Say you're going to start going to the gym once a day. Okay. Every single day, that's a mini win. You'll start to see progress. Start saying you're going to put the dishes away every day before you go to bed. Oh, that's a mini win. You started to fill. The house feels cleaner. It's less cluttered. Your mind's less cluttered. Oh, make the bed every day. Okay. One more thing. Drink a gallon, of one more thing. And then as you start to stack these mini wins, oh, I'm going to put a video, great, boom, done. Non-negotiable, you get it done, do it again. And as you start to fulfill these commitments, you build this integrity with yourself that when you say you're going to do something, you know you're going to do it. And guess what that also does? It attracts talented people to you because people want to work with others who actually do what they say they're going to do. 100%.
0: Hundred percent. I mean, we, you know, like back in the brokers' days, we were we'd always do these wins and swings. And again, guess what? I hear the two sides: the people that continue to find themselves finding those micro wins and, and challenging themselves, they openly share. Yeah. And then guess what? Next week comes by, it's those same people willing to share. The others say, "Well, I don't have a win." I'm like it's because you're, you're huddled in, and you're either choosing no action, and and you're not putting yourself out there to take that extra step, but you watch others. And then you you have to then also say, it's through the filter of, they didn't get lucky, they they took action again, right? And again, it just forces that momentum. And I love that little, you know, small wins, creating that winning streak. And that's, uh, and that's something that we all need. Now, you and I are part of two competing yet collaborating brokerages that are changing the industry, right? Cloud-based, we're partners within our firms, super cool, truly partnered with the agents that join us. Again, new to the industry to this, we get stocks, we, we get lots of them. We build wealth. We build wealth from production by serving like that relational client you said, and we earn revenue sharing a part of driving this business forward. Man, there's so many people hesitant to this, to be a part of this, despite the rise of eXp and the rise of real. And, and they remain in these traditional models. You've been on thousands of these attraction calls, right? You've never outbound anybody. Me neither, right? I've been attracting with my firm and now with real hundreds of these. You got some insight that others never will. Like, first one is, can you give me a, like from, we know how you're winning. Everybody that really plays in this space starts to win in a way they didn't before. Why are people loving these models, first of all? And then I'll go into like, um, yeah, what's hesitating? Why are people just so resistant to it?
1: I love this because you, you know, it's changed both of our lives. And I think you and I have the best position to talk about this because I left your brokerage to come to one and then you are now also at one. You know what I mean? So I think it it comes full circle because a lot of times people will leave and, and an agent will go and then the broker stays in their ways and they're not even willing to look at the opportunity, but you've identified where things are going. So You know, why is it so powerful? Let's talk about why people are enjoying it. Number one, for me, the reason why I wanted to come, we talked about the different phases of your business of creating leverage. And again, the moral of the concept of these brokerages is getting compensated more for doing the exact same thing you would do at any other brokerage. That's the essence of it. And a lot of people are saying, well, Mike, you know, EXP looks like it's all about recruiting agents only recruit there. Well, let's look at the data. 88% of the agents only care about production of the company, 12% care about attraction. The issue is sometimes you hear from the 12% that have no clue what they're talking about. EXP is the number one transactional brokers in the whole country of the States. They're closing a lot of deals, but fragmented misinformation, perception becomes reality. So when that's the perception people have, that's reality. So getting compensated more is what number one people are loving is to be able to, again, I think the value of these two brokers is broken down. Number 1, the ability to get the value of a split brokerage but the compensation of a 100% brokerage. Traditional brokerages, you got one or two options. You can make 100% of your commission, but if you give the brokerage nothing, they can give you nothing in return, or you can get a split brokerage where you can never make 100% of your uh, you know, income, but you're able to get some value. Why not have both? Oh, when you're at any brokerage, like I was at REMAX and then Redline, anytime somebody, you know, We'll say REMAX. When I was ever at REMAX and somebody hit me up on social media and said, Mike, thinking about switching brokerages or just got my license, where do you think I should go? Where do you think I told them to go? Coldwell, Sotheby's, Century 21? No, I told them REMAX. I was there. I did the same thing at Redline. And you do that anywhere that you're at. The only ability now is you get compensated for it, but it goes deeper. And I think one of the concepts that a lot of people are really enjoying about both brokerages is that at a traditional brokerage, Nobody, none of the top producers are going to share the best information. I was on both sides of this, which is when I was at a new agent, I went to the office where all the heavy hitters were. And I thought, well, if I'm in proximity to them, they're going to share all the best information. I'll be a rock star. Well, guess what? Nobody shares the best information. And then I became one of the top producers by leveraging social. And guess what I didn't want to do? Share all my best information because we've created competition within the brokerage and with myself. Whereas with these models, these people now become your partners. Now all of the top producers are incentivized to share their best information with you, which is the first time in history that has ever happened. And I think that quality and that collaborative environment is what people are really looking for and also looking at the future right? If you're not growing, you're dying. Everybody's heard about that. Well, let's bring it back to math and statistics. The only brokerages in 2022 that were net positive in agent count were cloud-based brokerages. All of the brick and mortar franchises lost. So if you're at a brokerage that's dying, what does that say about the future and the opportunity of your business, right? So, And that was the- among an incredibly strong year too right? Yeah. I mean, that, the,
0: the, you know, with a shift in that now it's truly into play, right? Yep. That was yep. well, half the year was still the best in history. And then the other half year took a little bit of a, a downturn. And then, you know, in our markets, it, it really didn't, but in most, right?
1: A hundred percent. And I think, you know, when when it comes to why people are turning a blind eye to this, or not receptive to it, it comes down to education. And again, 98% of the people that I've ever talked to on a 30-minute call joined me after one 30-minute call. have never followed up. I've never reached out. None of it. So what does that say if 100% of the people have got on a call with me and said, Mike, I've been reached out to about this brokerage by all these other people, but still after a 30-minute call, they partner with me, 98% of them. What does that say? That means that they were misinformed, uneducated about the opportunity to the point where they turned a blind eye to it. I heard about it for the first time in 2017 at one of the first Thrive Not Survive events when somebody that we both know went to made their big announcement that they were going to EXP. And I thought when I saw the video that was sent to me, this is a joke. This is a pyramid. This is this. This is that. I had no idea. I turned a blind eye for two and a half years. But when I started educating myself, here's the thing that people don't understand is that, and this really, gets people to think from a different lens. Every successful entrepreneur looks at proven, exponential growing opportunities and at least get the information to make an educated decision before making any decision. So what I'm saying there is every successful person in any line of business will always look at threats or upcoming big, proven, exponential growing opportunities to at least gather the right information to make an educated decision. The problem with both of these brokerages is people are making assumptive decisions based on fragmented information. So they're not getting the right details. But when you understand that you could tailor this model to every single type of agent, no matter what their situation is, to make it more advantageous than any traditional franchise brokerage in North America, it's impossible to ignore. But most people, like myself, were letting ego and emotion getting in the way. Oh, I'm already good over here. I'm already one of the top producers. I'm already crushing luxury deals. I've already got a brand. But what if you could go global? Well, what if you could get support? Like there's all these other things that I wasn't thinking of because I had the stigma of the fragmented information. And I think that's where a lot of people are going wrong is understanding that the moral of the story with these brokerages is we all have a current state. We all have a desired state. These are the only two brokerages I've ever seen in my life that allow you to bridge that gap from where you are today to where you want to go in a fraction of the time that you would at any other brokerage. And most won't even allow you to get there. And the final thing that really hits people is I help people understand a couple uh, key concepts. Number one, every agent that I talk to says they'll get into real estate to create wealth. Well, wealth requires four things since the wealth quadrant duplication equity ownership, passive residual income, multiple streams of income. The traditional way of creating wealth by the nature of an agent is to trade enormous amounts of time for active income in the form of commission, save up over years enough commission to invest in real estate. Because when you invest in real estate, you have duplication of doors, equity ownership and properties, passive residual income, multiple streams of income. If you want to double your residual income, you have to trade more time for more money and do it again. But the goal is to get time back, not spend more of it. With both of these models, it allows you to create wealth just by the nature of being an agent. And by the way, if I want my residual income to double, I wait 12 months and have no risk, no liability, no upfront capital, and no vacancies. Well, let's look at a lifestyle, flexible lifestyle, requires money freedom, time freedom. You can create money freedom at any brokerage in the world. You cannot, by definition, create time freedom. Because if you have one income stream that requires your time invested in creating it, and you don't invest your time, you have no lifestyle. So when I was at a past brokerage, I went to Thailand and the Maldives, I was miserable because I was glued to my phone the whole time, worried about clients, right? At a traditional brokerage, you pay for every vacation twice. Once for the vacation, once for the opportunity cost of lost clients while on vacation. Last year, I went to Mexico for eight days, didn't check a single phone call, text message or email, made $54,000 and grew by 34 agents. So when you start looking at creating that flexibility, these two brokerages are the only ones that lend itself to that. And then we look at the final concept, which is your loved ones, your retirement plan, and your exit strategy. Every agent that I talk to, if they have a good upbringing, says that their family is the most important thing in their life. Well, these models have a willable asset to give to your family to protect them for the rest of their lives in the case of the unforeseen. So if you love your family, this is the number one thing you could ever do for them to say, hey, babe, hey, you know, you're covered. Something happens to me, you guys are good. And the exit strategy, the saying exists, agents never retire, they just expire because most can't afford to retire, right? They have to close deals or they're dead, right? It's it's the running joke in the industry, never been to a realtor's retirement party. Well, with, with this, you retain your residuals so long as you maintain an active license. So now you can go spend time with the kids, the grandkids, travel, and get compensated for the years of sacrifice you're putting into building your business any other brokerage. Put 30 years into building your business, you get a handshake and a thank you for making your broker a shit ton of money and your income goes to zero. Thanks. Do better off being a nine to five employee with a severance package. And you pay for every reward you got. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So when you start to get people to think, are you even in the vehicle that will get you to your goals? Most agents I've learned, and so have you, I'm sure, cannot think past the next deal or the next year. So what happens? This is why you see 20-year agents that still can't break six or seven figures. They've repeated their first year for 20 years. Well, they're not even thinking about the long-term play until the long-term play becomes the present play. Well, when we start looking at these models, looking at the future of where you're going, these are the vehicles that give you everything you got into the industry to achieve. And guess what? None of the other brokerages do. Yeah, I mean that's a masterclass and just opening
0: your mind and challenging you if you're thinking this way to say, I mean, why am I even thinking this way? Why am I putting these blocks on to not allow my mind to go there? And and we're allowed to be a bit selfish to say, well, why wouldn't I want more for my career? It's okay to want that. It's okay to want to bank towards it. It's okay. And and also you and I shake the tree completely. It's off the backs. Of what we already love about this business, we're already doing, we're not changing who we are. And when you, you, like you said, 89 to 88% of people are just wanting to focus on the selling and they don't need to go down the other path if they choose not to. But in reality is if they are there and they are starting to feel this wealth build machine behind them, guess what? You kind of get excited. It's like, wow, I'm actually building something. I'm not that repeat those 20 years every year. And as a realtor, that's infectious. And that's, and it's truth. It's not fake. It's not pie in the sky. It's reality. And that, like you said back, I don't know, 30 minutes ago, that attracts good people to you. That attracts the right clients. That attracts the right agents. And like you mentioned, this model, you've run the math, I've run the math. You and I have both... You know whether it's experienced agent solo, running a team, team agent, new to the business, just getting going, first broke the six k, first broke the seven figures. There's a when you run it, it works for everybody, and then it compounds this long term value. That again, I'm 42. It's hard to say that sometimes. I'm 42, and I don't know. I've never been more excited about my own personal business. That I'm building, and then the ability to tap in and affect more people. You know, you know, I built redline back in the day to just I believe there was this like this misfit in the industry in our market where there just there was this massive gap to serve agents, right? It wasn't serving me, it was to serve agents better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, again, these models with who you and I know are a part of and the people continuing to join. Man, if if you've got any like care for this industry and like the people you get to serve. I don't know. It's hard not to just be like on 10X mindset right now because of how exciting it is both for me and those that I get to the honor to serve and be a part of.
1: Yeah, I, I tell people all the time, and this offends some people, so apologize to those that are a bit softer <laughs> in nature, but um, you know, you can't change somebody's life by helping them buy or sell a house. Everybody says they love changing lives They get into real estate to change lives. You cannot change somebody's life by helping them buy or sell a house. It's impossible. You can change their day. You can change their month. Maybe at best change their year. It's impossible to change their life. So how are you going to create impact and change lives if you can't do it by the nature of being an agent? Well, at these models, I've changed thousands of agents' lives. I have people saying, Mike, 12 months ago, I had a miserable relationship with my wife. No time with my kids. My production was suffering. Now... I've quadrupled my production. I spend more time with my kids and I've got a better relationship with my wife than I've had in 30 years. Thank you for being a part of this. Like that happens on a weekly basis within this because you're giving people an opportunity, the ability to collaborate, the ability to give them a model that gets them and reinvigorates their passion for the industry. This is where you start to change lives. And when you start seeing that impact, I could genuinely say, sure, the cars are cool and and the other stuff is fun. But the most fulfilling thing about this whole journey is getting those messages and the people that are saying, wow, like this didn't just change my business, but it genuinely changed my life.
0: I can tell you, and you and I have shared these these moments. um, I've been scared in the prior model to show that I was succeeding. I was scared to put it out to the model because of fear that people might leave me and not be a part of my brand and just think, well, I don't want to just make Darren money, right? I don't want to just make Redline money. I was scared to be the person that I was trying to be and should be, which ultimately was there to serve agents. I can tell you now under this model and as we've transitioned our folks across, um, I'm not scared to show success because with that success, we're building success for others and they're truly partners in it. And I'm finally... It's even hard. I don't know if I've ever said this, but like it's fine. It feels like I'm shedding a skin that was holding back because I was like, fuck it. Now I know I'm impacting real people with real things. That's different, right? That's not selling a course. That's not just being a coach. That's like supporting a wealth creation that should, for those that want to take part in both of yours, mind models as we take over the world in the next couple of decades will impact you know generations it could and that's yeah. wild
1: well and and i think the cool part about the the avenue that you and i have both taken and, and i've taken a you know always a note from your book in terms of the mentorship that i've gotten from you is that you know if you over deliver on value people will want to be a part of what you're doing so i don't have to reach out to people to partner with me they see what they get if they partner with me they see what happens and they do and same goes with you so what's the coolest part about that Well, yeah, I drive a purple Lamborghini. Like, yeah, I have a couple of nice things, but I'm also super casual as well, right? If you don't see me wearing my watches like, and you walk me down the street, I'm wearing sweatpants and like slippers right now, right? Like, you know, but that's me. And the coolest part is that when you build a business predicated on value, the right people join you. So if you're offended about the color of probably the same vehicle that's on your vision board, uh, then cool. Don't reach out to me. Right, I'm cool with that, but here's the best part is when you're at a traditional brokerage, they take anybody and everybody, right? but they're also going out there and recruiting for new agents and all this type of initiative. Well, the cool part about these models is because you and I aren't going out there reaching out to anybody, who partners with us? The people that feel like they see us in themselves. So when you look at the culture of our organization, it's all people that love me from me and they wanted to be a part of me from me otherwise they wouldn't have reached out. so when you look at the ecosystem the environment that people are now able to become a part of like it fosters excitement because rising tides lifts all ships they're motivated by my stuff if you're offended by my stuff then go join somebody else like it doesn't matter that's the best part about these brokerages is it's impossible not to find somebody within them that is not an ideal fit. There's always going to be somebody that you say, damn, I feel like I'm just like him and just a couple of years behind. And right. that's the cool part about the opportunity to share with these brokerages.
0: Totally. And people, because and if we flip back to you pull all of us are pulling the curtain away about these success stories that are happening So it's not this be at a brokerage and I want to learn from that guy, but they never want to share. And it comes flips right back to this. Well, now we actually want to share. And you are being able to reach out intercompany and just jive in and learn more, execute more from real relevant timely people that have been there, done that, that don't, that aren't scared to share it. And again, I think if we wrap all this conversation up in a bow, it's just people need to believe that that's real. That is happening. It's not just the math and the money that's driving people to these. If you're in these organizations, you're feeling that which drives production and ability to succeed in this market. And it's not going to be your broker on an ivory tower that has no place instructing you on anything. Or as we know, operational managers who have very little experience behind them that attempt to lead an army. It's not who's coaching you. It's not who you're hearing from when you're in the model, like what you and I have.
1: No, and and I say this to people all the time that that look at this in a way that where people think, oh, people at, at either of these brokerages are reaching out because they're selfish and they just want people. I'm like, listen, dude, I don't need you to partner with me. Like if I'm being real with you and straight, the most I can make from you if you do 80k and GCI or 8 million in GCI is $2,800. That's not making a dent in my life, but I can change yours. Let me show you what's possible, like I've done for the hundreds of people I've featured on my YouTube channel where I've changed every single one of their lives, right? So uh, we're not doing this because it's gonna change us. We want to do it based on impact because we get to work together. And I think that's what people are missing is the fact that people are passionate about sharing this model because they see what they can do with it and what's possible. Like I tell people all the time, you know, this goes back to probably the last concept we could pull this full circle with is confidence. So if you had the cure to cancer, who would you go talk to? Would you keep it to yourself? Or would you go knock on every door, cold call every person under the sun, make videos about it and share it with the world? You would share it with everybody humanly possible, knowing the lives it's going to change. Well, when I was door knocking, how did I get over the fear of door knocking? I didn't feel like I was soliciting. I didn't feel like I was annoying people. I had fully convinced myself that I'm gonna bring value and if somebody in Auburn Bay is considering selling their property, I knew I would give them a service above and beyond the rest so I had confidence in the impact I could make with my service. When you look at these brokerages, the reason why people are excited to share it is because we have cured the agent cancer to be able to build wealth, to be able to create a flexible lifestyle, and to be able to have the exit package that you worked your entire life to earn. This is why people are so excited to share the opportunity, which is why they're sharing it at scale, because they see what it can do for people. And if you're not willing to look at it, yeah, you're going to let your ego and emotion get in the way so you get annoyed by the people. But if you open your mind to it and just look at the facts, I guarantee this could change your life as well.
0: Oh, I love it. Love it, man. This has been a blast, buddy. I'm probably overtaking multiple mi- meetings that you've probably got lined up. And I'm so blessed you took all this time with me and uh, with our audience. Because again, even though we are in competing slash collaborating in the fact that we're taking over the cloud-based world together, there's not a lot of real slash EXP conversations that happen, not enough of them. Um, I'm sure there's going to hopefully be more as we continue to both make dense in north america and uh yeah i've had a pleasure just showing how you and i could do this and i just again selfishly i just wanted to chat with you because it's been so long so um and i wanted to people to hear the mic that i know and go deeper than just youtube tactics and social media stuff which i know you you love and get to share a ton but not not a lot of people get to hear you know the the, the other stuff. so where did where do people best find you and connect with you just so i can share that
1: Definitely. You know, I think uh, you and I both have always made ourselves easy to reach. So, you know, I reply to, you know, my team and I reply to all my YouTube comments, but Instagram is always the best way. So if you want to know anything about, you know, YouTube, anything that we talked about today, feel free to reach out to me. Of course, if you want to know about, you know, real and and all the incredible things that Darren's doing, reach out to him. And I think the best part is, is, you know, both of us are here to serve. We both have a servant's heart and and we just want to see people win. So, you know, whatever is a good fit that's what we're here to do. And, uh, we're here to support.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Get follow him. If you don't guys, gals out there, um, easy to find your way through his agent Academy and his, 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 is he's constantly updating these courses. A lot of creators put out stuff and they don't update them. And Mike's constantly doing this and he tells me the hours he's spending. So, uh, again, that relentless pursuit to just give back to a value and all of what he puts out is, is well worth, like 20 30 x more than what he'll ever charge or any of us would so uh, mike thank you again for joining this has been another awesome episode of the re-education experience and uh well i can't to talk wait to connect personally and for all those listening uh i know this is a longer episode uh till next time